Meditation is a powerful tool that has been cultivated in the East for thousands of years. Over the past few decades, scientists have demonstrated that meditation significantly contributes to our physical and mental health. A few minutes a day of mindful focus can help us bring more calm and happiness to our life, enhance our ability to enhance our and even strengthen our immune system. Most importantly, perhaps, it can make us better, more compassionate people. Today on Happier Talk, we will learn how to make the practice of meditation an integral part of our life so that we and those around us can benefit. She's a meditation teacher and New York Times best-selling author and the co-founder of the Inside Meditation Society in Barrie, Massachusetts. She guides meditation retreats around the world, writes regular columns for On Being and the Huffington Post, and is the author of many books including Real Happiness and Loving Kindness. It is an honor to have with us Sharon Salzberg, who played a crucial role in bringing Asian meditation practices to the West. Welcome, Sharon. It's so wonderful to have you here today. No, thank you so much. I, I, I've been looking forward to meeting you. Oh, thank you. You know, I've, I've actually met you many times. I listen to your meditations <laughs> on a regular basis. And uh, so, so it's almost I've been um, conditioned, you know, like Pavlov's dogs. So I hear your <laughs> voice. I'm calm. <laughs> it's great. Um, so how did you do that? How did you bring meditation, which was considered, you know, an esoteric uh, practice for those, you know, you know, gurus and mystics, and made it mainstream? I mean, Google it does meditation, yeah, yeah. and uh, Deutsche Bank introduced me. How? Well, it wasn't just me, oh, <laughs> and, and okay. I didn't do all that, but I went to India in 1970. I was a, a university student, and I, I went for very personal reasons. I had, I had taken an Asian philosophy course, and I heard in the course that there were these techniques, these methods that anyone could use and become a happier person, and I was a very unhappy person. I was 18 at the time. And I had a very fractured, traumatic childhood, like many people do. And, um, and then I heard, wow, there's something you could do. And so uh, the university had an independent study program. And if they, if they approved of your project, you could go anywhere in the world, theoretically, for a year. And then come back and do your final year. So I created a project. I said, I want to go to India and learn how to meditate. Wow. So they approved it. And I went in... Uh, 1970, I began meditation in January of 1971, um, which is 45 years ago, which is a really scary number. And, uh, <laughs> and I ended up, like many people, staying a little more than a year. But I did come back, finish school. I went back to India, and I finally came back in 1974 as a teacher because my own teachers had told me to teach. And so, hmm. and it was really weird, you know, in those days. I'd be at a party or some social situation, and People would say, what do you do? And I'd say, I teach meditation. And they'd kind of go, eh, that's so weird. Or wow. sometimes they would say, oh, did you meet the Beatles over there? Mm. I'd say, no, sadly, they went when I was in high school. Yeah. You know, no. uh, but over time, of course, uh, I think largely because of the research and the science and just the, the deeper understanding of stress, its consequences, and that you can meditate without joining a belief system. It doesn't have to be like a weird cultish thing or anything like that. It's really a kind of mental tool and available to anybody who really wants to try it. It's, it's very different, yeah. 
It is, it is very different. And I think the other thing that people are beginning to understand is that you don't need to meditate for three hours a day or go on an eight-month retreat away yeah. from everything else yeah. in order yeah. to benefit. So yeah. there, there are yeah. benefits with very short mm -hmm. uh, meditations. Yeah, I mean, I, I was always taught that it was the everydayness of it that is the most important thing. And I think neuroscience is now saying things like 10 minutes a day. Mm. But I also joke, you know, like the way I put it usually is this is America. Everybody wants to know what's the least amount of time right, I can put into right. it and get a benefit. And, you know, so I don't know if we should always aim for the least amount of time. But nonetheless, there is some kind of foundation. Mm. And I think what's hard for people uh, is actually doing it. And it's not hard to do, but I think both because we tend to appreciate things in the abstract and not put them into practice. Mm -hmm. And it also feels weirdly selfish to people, I find. Like, mm. they say, I can't take 10 minutes a day for myself or 20 minutes a day yeah. for myself. I think not realizing that when they do it, when they do take those 10 minutes, they do become more compassionate, not just toward themselves, also towards others. Yeah. So it's a win-win. It's, it's, it's an and rather than an or. That's right. Um, so, so what do you tell your students uh, in order to help them persist, in order to help them uh, engage in a daily practice, mm -hmm. which, which is so key? Well, part of what I try to do is clear away misconceptions about what should be happening. Because people uh, often come to me and say, oh, I tried that once, I failed at it. Because I couldn't stop my thinking, I mm. couldn't have all the beautiful thoughts, I couldn't keep anxiety from arising, I couldn't help but get sleepy, something like that. And we say that meditation is really about relationship. It's about mm -hmm. how we're relating to what's going on. It's not about wiping out thoughts mm -hmm. or, <clears throat> you know, about having um, only beautiful thoughts or not having even uncomfortable things arise, but relating to them very, very differently. So we're not so caught. We're not so overwhelmed. We're also not fighting and um, hostile toward our experience. So anything can happen, and you can't fail at it. And I think that's a very important aspect of it, the, the idea of it's okay uh, to fail or there is no good or bad meditation. Yeah. You yeah. just meditate, especially in our culture where everything is you know, graded, evaluated. There is a, an opportunity for success or failure at, at every fork in the road, right or wrong. And this is a place where you can just be. That has, um, that has consequences not just for the practice itself, but for life as a whole, for relationships, for work. So, you know, this is something I've been uh, thinking about for a long time. So could you lead me through a brief meditation? Sure, I, I would you. love to. Thank you. Um, uh, you can just sit comfortably. Uh, see if your back can be straight without being strained or overarched. You also want to be relaxed. And close your eyes or not, however you feel most at ease. Sometimes we start just by listening to sound. And let the sounds wash through you, whether it's the sound of my voice or other sounds. And then bring your attention to the feeling of your body sitting, whatever sensations you discover. Bring your attention to the feeling of your breath, just the normal, natural breath. You don't have to try to make it deeper or different. 
and to the place where you feel the breath the most strongly. Maybe that's the nostrils or the chest or the abdomen. Find that place, bring your attention there, and just rest. See if you can feel one breath. Without concern for what's already gone by. Without leaning forward for even the very next breath, just this one. And if you find you've gotten lost in thought, spun out in a fantasy, or you fall asleep, really don't worry about it. We say the most important moment is the next moment after you've been gone. Because that's the moment we have the chance to be really different. So instead of judging yourself or being down on yourself, see if you can gently let go and just bring your attention back to the feeling of the breath. No matter how many times you have to let go and begin again, it's fine. It's really fine. That's not a sign of failing. It's, it's okay. That's the training. We let go gently. And we start over. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes or lift your gaze. Thank you. You know, no, never ceases to amaze me um, how simple and yet how powerful this uh, this practice is. Do we know why? Why does it have this uh, this impact? I don't know why. <laughs> it just does. It just. I mean, I'm yeah. sure. You know, now of course, with neuroscience and, and particular studies, you know, people are are uh, seeking to understand just why, but. Um, I, I just see it as a very profound lesson in how something can be simple and not easy mm. and, and also uh, very, very useful. Mm. So, so when someone comes to you as a, as a, as a beginner, mm -hmm. uh, they're just starting, they want to start meditation, what kind of recommendations do you have for them? I usually say, um, well, I ask, what's a reasonable commitment for you in terms of structure? Uh, so an example would be somebody saying, I can sit for 10 minutes a day for a month. Um, you know, it shouldn't be, as you said, you know, I'm going to sit for eight hours. It's not going to happen. Uh, and it shouldn't be endless as a commitment. So some reasonable commitment and then just doing it. Because 
I think that's the magic, that's the alchemy, is taking something we appreciate and bringing it to life, mm -hmm. um, which is harder. It's humbling. Uh, it's, you know, it's easier to write books about it than to do it, yeah. as an example. I know that. You know? <laughs> and so, uh, but to really do it, and if it's the last thing you do in the day because you've forgotten all day, that's okay. Um, and then at the end of the month, do evaluate. You do want to assess, is this worth continuing? But I also say, if you're going to try to figure out if it's brought you any benefit, look at your life. Not at that 10-minute period, mm -hmm. because you may not find great breakthroughs or exalted feelings, but you will be different. Mm -hmm. You'll be different in how you speak to yourself when you've made a mistake. You'll be different meeting a stranger. You'll be dif different confronting adversity. Um, you'll even be different enjoying pleasure, you know, which is not something we always do very readily. Right. I think, you know, one of the reasons why uh, we see that levels of happiness are going down in today's, uh, in today's world, even though material wealth is, is increasing, at least on average, um, is because people are less present, whether it's less present when they are um, interacting with others, whether while having a meal or when, uh, when, when at work. And if we can bring this quality, this presence that we have when we yeah. meditate yeah. to other activities, I think that's where it begins to, to affect everything yeah. else. As you yeah. say, not just those 10 minutes. Yeah. No, yeah. I think about it, it's like, uh, like going to the gym. And, you know, I go to the yeah. gym and work out, and, you know, then it's easier for me to, to lift my, my shopping that's bags. That's right, that's you right. Know, it affects other areas in that's life. That's right. Yeah, I usually say nobody really meditates to become a great meditator. Hmm. You meditate to have a different life. Mm. And so that's the place we should be assessing. Tell me about your, uh, your book, Real Happiness. What, what was important for you to communicate in that book? Well, in that book, I was trying to um, create a program, basically, where either people could begin a meditation practice or they could renew one, because there are a lot of people who you know, say, I used to do it, and things got hectic or something like that. And so uh, I wanted to create something very practical and very um, oriented to this time and place. Like, a friend of mine was looking through it, and he said, oh, you wrote this one in American. Mm. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's a great <laughs> thing to say. That's what I was trying. And um, originally, the title wasn't Real Happiness. It was something else. And then uh, we found out someone else had used that other title, and, and we couldn't. So the publisher came up with Real Happiness. So that was an interesting moment for me, because uh, I found myself touring around with the book, defending happiness in a way, because mm. so many people considered it something superficial or like being happy-go-lucky or uh, selfish. And, and I just considered it like the resource from which, the inner resource from which we can share or give or care about others. Because if we're mm. depleted and miserable and exhausted, I don't see where it comes from. And so it was a very interesting time in my life. Yeah, you know, I, I find that uh, very often when I talk about happiness as well, that people uh, equate happiness with selfishness. And, of course, selfishness is equated with, with bad, negative, evil even. Um, and um, it reminds me of, uh, of something that the Dalai Lama talked about in, uh, in one of the conferences where he said that in, uh, in Tibetan, the word for compassion, tsewa, is... Uh, means compassion for other and for self. There mm. is no distinction between mm -hmm. the two. And yet in the West, because we break things apart, you know, we're, we're great at science, we're, we're great yeah. at specialization. Yeah. It's this yeah. or that. Yeah. Um, we have unfortunately 
um, disengaged compassion from self, uh, uh, from compassion towards others. Yeah. And, and I think meditation brings these two worlds together in a very real uh, sense. Yeah. And hence, I think real happiness uh, yeah. is, um, is, is, is a very uh, meaningful and descriptive name of, of the practice itself. This morning I came across a, a quote which uh, made me think of you. And I, I'd like to read it to you. It's by uh, one of my favorite writers, Anais Nin. And here is what she writes. She writes, the personal life deeply lived always expands into truths beyond itself. Mm. The personal life deeply lived always expands into truths beyond itself. Do you like it? It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I want it. I want to go there. It's yours. <laughs> Thank you. So, 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 can you can you expand on that? Can you can you tell me what your thoughts are? Because because I was thinking about uh, the med meditation practice mm -hmm. when when I read that. Well, really, my thoughts are also connected to something you said earlier about how we're so we're so lacking presence often. And that, uh, because for me, the essence of meditation is connection. It's connecting to ourselves more deeply. It's connecting to our experience more authentically without the overlay of so many you know, beliefs and projections and, and habits of mind. Um, and ultimately, it's connecting to one another because we've cleared the path for that. And that is a life well lived. I mean, yeah. that's, that, you know, it's not just that we kind of connect to these minute little experiences. Uh, and sensation as we meditate, but that becomes the doorway to connecting to one another, to connecting to the richness of life, and mm -hmm. then something much bigger. Um, I think it's when we're really blocked and, and disconnected and kind of frantic to find it and don't know where to find it that, that we're really lost. Mm. And we're lo uh, disconnected from ourselves, hence lost in the world where there are other yeah. people. Yeah. Um, so one of the meditations, one of my favorite meditations that, that I do time and time and again that, that you lead is loving-kindness meditation, which is connecting to, to self and other people. Um, can I ask you to lead me through the meditation? Sure, I'd love Thank that. You. Yes. It's my favorite. All right. <laughs> okay, here again, you can sit comfortably. Uh, just be at ease. And in this meditation, we're going to gently repeat certain phrases. That's where we rest our attention. The phrases are an offering. They're gift-giving of kindness, of care to ourselves and to others. The phrases are very simple, like beginning with oneself, may I be happy, be peaceful. The senses of blessing, it's offering. So starting with yourself, you can gently repeat whatever phrases two or three or four phrases seem meaningful to you as the gift you would like to give to yourself. And you just repeat those phrases over and over again. You don't have to try to force a special feeling or make anything great happen. The power comes from our presence behind each phrase. And if you find your attention wandering, you don't have to worry about it. The skill set is still, see if you can let go and come back to begin again.
Let's see if you can call to mind a benefactor. That's someone who's helped you. Maybe they've helped you directly. They've helped pick you up when you've fallen down. Or they've inspired you from afar. This is like an embodiment of loving kindness for you. And if someone comes to mind, you can bring them here. Get an image of them. Say their name to yourself. Get a feeling for their presence. And offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. Even if the words don't exactly work, that's okay. They're carrying the heart's energy. You just gently repeat the phrases over and over again. And someone you know who's struggling in some way. You can bring them here. Get an image of them or say their name to yourself. And offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. And then all beings everywhere, all people, all creatures, all those in existence. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes or lift your gaze and end the session. <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful. This was truly a privilege. Thank you very much, Sharon. And thank you for bringing this important practice to our world. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us on Happier Talk. For more meditations, for more reflections, for more interviews, please join us 
on Happier TV.